All right, welcome back, Bucks fans. The NFL draft is officially over, but we continue our Pewter Pirate podcast. Round number two with Roy Cummings. I'm Mike Neighbors. You know, Roy, they say in the NFL, the biggest improvement is from the first game to the second. We'll see about that in this podcast, huh? Yeah, I guess we will. Uh, a lot of pressure on us now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we enjoyed the first one. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in on uh, pewterpirates.com. Of course, the subscriptions are free for now. We appreciate our title, title sponsor, House of Brews, and We've given you seven draft vlogs on our website, and we've just started the podcast. We're going to continue this year round for Bucks fans, but we want to break down the draft. And when you look at day number three, we'll get into the whole draft kind of looking back, but uh, the run and the secondary continued. I mean, they kind of finished up day two with the secondary and picked it up in day number three. Yeah, Jordan Whitehead, uh, another kid out of Auburn. Uh, you know, not a bad pick. I mean, he's got some bloodlines. Uh, guys, yeah. uh, he's got Daryl Revis as a cousin or something like that. So, uh, and that's good. Um, but here's a guy, again, uh, look, when you get into day three, you hope that these guys can make your team early on as maybe a special teams contributor, uh, maybe a backup. Uh, the chances are slim, but uh, you obviously see talent in these guys, and that's what they did today. Uh, but it's good that they, you know, they pick out a pure safety. Um, need some work, probably more of a downhill guy, not really a, a free safety, um, but uh, uh, somebody that I think can help him because he's talented. And you know what you start picking in on day three is you go for guys who have a lot of talent and a lot of skill and ability to build on. So uh, they start with Jordan Whitehead again in the secondary. Uh, to me, that's a good start. And then in the fifth round, they go the Ivy League route, and that's worked out for them pretty well on the offensive side of the ball. Cam Braid, a Harvard man who uh, just got a new contract and has yeah. been a significant uh, contributor to this Bucks offense. You get Justin Watson, a wide receiver out of Penn. You know, great size, 6'3", 225. One of the most productive wide receivers in Ivy League history, Roy. Three straight seasons with over 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah, this guy's got like Cameron Bright written all over him uh, from the receiver position because, again, Cam Bright came came out of Harvard as a guy who'd done an awful lot as a tight end, didn't get a lot of recognition for it outside of the Ivy League because it was the Ivy League and people wonder, well, how's he going to do against real competition? But again, as I said before about Jordan Whitehead, when you've got talent, you can build on that talent, and that's what the Bucks did with Cameron Bright. They built on the talent. He had great hands, a good awareness uh, of how to get into zones, how to fall and drop into zones and, and find that open area, uh, how to break free from press coverage. Uh, so that's something that uh, Justin Watson's going to have to learn how to do. He's got good speed, but he's not quick. He doesn't have the acceleration. So he's a guy who's probably going to have to you know, really benefit from other players getting double teams and somebody forgetting about him. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, uh, he's got all the ability to make catches, runs good routes, smart football player, uh, probably going to be able to do a lot of the dirty work that receivers sometimes are asked to do. So, again, another pick that I like. Um, I'm not sure that uh, he makes the team. Uh, this is a guy who, much like uh, Jordan Whitehead, maybe ends up as a practice squad guy to start with, but uh, a lot to build on with this guy. And then we had as many picks in day number three as the Bucks had in the second round, Roy Cummings, as they wrap it up in the sixth round with Wisconsin inside linebacker Jack Cicci, I think is the name. Yeah, Cicci. And, you know, I, unless you're a Wisconsin fan, you probably haven't seen a lot of this guy because he just he hasn't played a lot the last couple of years. He's been hurt. Um, he's had some injuries, but the Bucks brought him in, uh, had their medical team look at him. They feel very confident that he's uh, ready to go. And, uh, again, we'll see. He's got some catching up to do in terms of uh, development, things like that. But, again, he's a guy that, they, that loves football, smart player. He was a team captain at Wisconsin. Uh, look, he's, he's played in the, on a big stage. So, um, again, this is a guy 
guy who I think's got the ability to to help your team in a small way now, and then you see what happens going down the road. Uh, if he can stay healthy, uh, he could be a contributor for this team in a couple of ways. So we'll see. Um, but you know, again, I like what they did here. They got you know, Jason Light was talking after the draft uh, about how one of the things they wanted to get with guys is they wanted guys who absolutely love football because when when you're going through the grind of of, of two a days, uh, even they don't have them really, but uh, when you're going through the grind of training camp and and even into the season when you've lost three in a row and it's looking bad and it's bleak, it's tough. Uh, you need guys who who love that grind, and, and that's what they really were looking for this year. They wanted to make sure they had good football players, obviously, uh, talented football players with something uh, you know ability to to build on, but guys who love the game and love the atmosphere and just love being involved in football. Uh, a lot of people talk about this kid Cici as a, a kind of a, an extra coach. In fact, he helped the coaching staff when he was hurt at Wisconsin. So um, here's a guy who, uh, you know, he could he, he could be a little bit of a coach in the room. Let's see what he does inside that linebacker. We might be able to help some of these uh, even older players uh, develop as well. So uh, another nice pick in my opinion. Coach literally. Uh, all right. You look back at the class of 2018 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have eight picks. And, you know, you follow the board for the most part if you're a team. And that means you don't always address your needs. But it seems like, obviously, they addressed a lot of their needs. Defensive line, running back, and the secondary especially. So it was kind of that unique blend where Jason Light feels, you know, we got the players that we wanted. And he said, you know, he, I asked him the question, how did you feel about the day two? And he said, well, I'm not going to BS you. you know, we didn't get everybody we wanted, but the players we selected were guys we were looking for. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Um, when you settle for guys, that's not good. But they got seven players in this draft. So what did they get, seven Seven players total? Is eight, eight, eight total. Eight, eight yeah. total. Because okay. yeah. they added the third round. Right. So they, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you yeah. get eight players, and all of them are guys that you wanted. And he was telling us, he, he went into a meeting with the Glazers before he does this every year. He goes went into a meeting with the Glazers. Yeah, that was interesting. Start, yeah. yeah, and told the Glazers. The Glazers who never t- have never told a GM what to do, by the way. Uh, and I believe him when he says that because I've talked to you know, several GMs. And they, <laughs> they, they laud the uh, the Glazers for, for being hands-off, and they really are. But Jason Light likes to take bring the Glazers into his office, tell them, this is what, what my game plan is. This is what I want to do. These are some of the guys I want to get. And Justin Watson was one of the guys that he talked about. Uh, Jordan Whitehead was one of those guys. But when you're able to walk away from a draft with eight players that you wanted, that you said, that's a guy we want, and you're able to get them, you're never going to get everybody that, that, you, that, you, that you want. I mean, when you when you say, okay, we got seven picks, I want these seven players, uh, you know, that's never going to happen. But when you come away with eight players that you do want, um, that's great. And, and they did that. So that's good news. Uh, and again, the way they did it, Jason Light was telling us that he and Dirk Cutter before the draft started uh, were thinking, hey, you know what? We, we could come out of this thing come uh, Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening with uh, still a couple of holes on the roster. He didn't say where he thought those holes might be. Probably not cornerback, probably not running back, but maybe offensive line, maybe uh, some of the special teams areas. But uh, they were fortunate. And Jason Light, uh, I think he feels that way. They were fortunate through his really expertise in moving up and down and around all these rounds in the draft, uh, they were able to fill every need that they had going into this draft. Maybe not fill it the way everybody hoped they would. Um, do they have a top caliber defensive back, cornerback? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, do they have the best running back uh, that's going to break out for them? I don't know. Um, but they were able to fill it with quality players who have a lot of potential. So I think they're in pretty good shape here. 
I think Bucks fans who are listening to this podcast are thinking, you know what? I feel good about Vita Vea. I feel great about the defensive line. I feel better about the running back position. I feel good about this Bucks offense, especially if Jameis Winston's healthy. But that safety position still has some question marks. And I know a lot of fans and a lot of people in the media were speculating on Derwin James, and they didn't address that safety position till the third day of the draft. How do you feel about the Bucks' safeties now entering this season and this offseason? I don't feel bad about it because I've said, look, Justin Evans, who they got a year ago, is a solid safety. I think he's good. You can pick up some players that look in this draft. I don't think Jordan Whitehead's going to start, but I think there's a chance that Stewart could move to to, to safety. I think they've got some options. Uh, look, I, I don't think that that they're in that bad a shape at the safety position. Uh, they felt pretty good about some of the players they had last year, and I think some of the players they had last year are better than a lot of people think. Um, the safety position looks a lot better when your pass rush looks better. It's the same with the cornerbacks. Uh, when the cornerbacks are playing better, the safeties look better. So, um, you know, Chris Conti, for example. Look, I've been saying for a long time, Chris Conti is arguably, in fact, I won't say arguably, he is easily one of the three best athletes on this roster. And most of the coaches on this team will tell you he's the best athlete on this roster. He is a guy who, little by little, has figured out what it is he's supposed to do uh, in this defense under Mike Smith. And last year and the year before, he won games for this team. And he's got that ability. Uh, You still have Keith Tandy. You've got some players here. It's not a bad position. I don't think they're desperate at safety, uh, which is why I think they were a little bit more conscious about getting cornerbacks who were flexible uh, with a little bit of safety ability as opposed to safeties necessarily who, you know, could bounce around. I think they feel good about Justin Evans, Conti, Keith Tandy. That's not a bad starting, you know, that's not a bad three to begin with. Uh, Some of the guys that got in this draft, they'll push them and make them better, and we'll see what they do in undrafts for free agency. You know what? The Bucs always seem to find a gem or two in that, and my guess is they'll do the same again this year. All right, finally, my friend, we've been through free agency. They could pick up some late free agents, possibly. They're going to pick up some rookie free agents. But we've been through the bulk of free agency, the heart of it. We've been through the NFL draft now. How much better do you feel about this Buccaneer team compared to how you felt when they beat the Saints and ended the regular season last season? I feel a lot better because I like the defensive line. You know, it was funny. I think it was it was Dirk or Jason, I can't remember which one, made a hockey reference yesterday to, you know, we might be able to roll out two different defensive lines. And I think they could do that. <laughs> when you look at the depth they've got, yeah. uh, they're they're at least too deep now and too quality deep uh, at every position now on the defensive front. Um, yes, could they use a little bit better uh, and, and younger, more impactful uh, defensive ends? Yes. But as Dirk was mentioning, there was some talk yesterday about their defensive line and somebody never even mentioned Noah Spence. You know, and that's a guy we forget, you know, three years ago, they drafted him in the second round and he was uh, two years ago, the number one edge rush talent in that draft. Steel, a steel in the draft. And yes, he's had some trouble staying healthy, but you know what? I remember when Gerald McCoy had some trouble staying healthy his first couple of years in the league. Sometimes it takes a while for your body to, you know, to build, develop into uh, the body you need to withstand the punishment that you take in the NFL. And maybe that's where Noah Spence is. You can hope that that's the case because uh, in terms of speed and get off and everything else, he's got that ability. So um, I feel good. I, I, I thought I think they're better in the defensive secondary. I think they're better in the defensive line. I think they're slightly better in the offensive line. And those, to me, were the areas they had to address the most. And I'll tell you what, I, I've been saying it all weekend. I'm a Ron Jones guy. You have been. You I have been. Yeah, I, uh, I've been saying this since before the draft started. That's the running back I wanted the Bucks to get. 
I'm surprised they got him because I didn't think they felt the same way I did. Uh, I'm glad they took him when they did. I think this kid's got home run ability. I think he, fans are going to fall in love with him. I think you're going to see a lot of people wearing maybe I don't know what number he's going to wear. Maybe 25 if he wore like he wore in college. I think there's going to be a lot of people wearing that Ron Jones jersey uh, because I think he's going to be a star in this league. A lot of people were on the Nick Chubb bandwagon, but I heard you talk about Ron Jones for weeks. And Nick Chubb, you know, kind of has the injury concerns as well. I think yeah. he's going to be a good pro if he can stay healthy. But Ron Jones, an excellent pick. Well, listen, partner, I'm glad we started this podcast. We're going to keep it going yeah. in the off season, breaking down uh, rookie mini camp coming up. Of course, OTAs and the mini camp before we know what the season will be here my friend but uh pewterpirates.com your source for bucks coverage on the podcast check out our vlogs on our website as well nobody's doing this kind of video content you hear from jason light you hear from dirt cutter you have roy's more likely segment and check on our latest vlog and he gives you his grade for the bucks in this latest nfl draft but for my man roy cummings i'm mike neighbors this is another edition of the pewter pirates podcast we will see you again down the road